Welcome to Buckmasters Outdoor Podcast. I'm Mark Oliver, TV producer of Buckmasters. Here this week with Nate Hosey of uh, Headhunters TV, the, the Raven Project, and King of the Raven. Nate, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. I'm glad to be here. Great glad to, to see have you again. You. It's good to share a camp with you. I think we've only actually been in camp maybe one time before here at Triple Creek in Kansas. Yeah. But uh, I know that was years ago, so it's good to meet back up with you and just, just hang out with you. It's been a blast so far. There's no doubt, man. I mean, since I've been a kid, I've been huge fans of you guys and all you do and, you know, Jackie and... Uh, you know, to be able to call you guys friends over the years has just been an incredible blessing. And to be here in camp, like like you were saying, man, it's we don't get to do it enough, but it's uh, it's special when we do, and, and it's been a great time so far. Absolutely. And uh, the hunting's been pretty good, too, seeing some deer. and uh, It's hunting so far, though. You know? That's exactly right. You know, October like this, as, as everybody knows, mid-October, we, we've got fortunate in getting a little bit of a cold front. So, you know, you have that in the back of your mind. And you are starting to see some bucks, but it's still... I mean, it's just not rocking and rolling. Those big fellas, as you know, the intel, the recount on the trail cameras is still showing they're a little bit nocturnal, right. but it's also that time of the year that when that weather changes, especially those first couple fronts, I mean, at any moment, he could just walk out there. Right. And know? it's kind of like <clears throat> there's an old saying, the calm before the rut. It that's exactly right. Like that's what's going on. Yeah. It's that calm before they really just hit it wide open. Exactly. So, exactly. Well, um, since we're talking about hunting, how... Uh, did you grow up hunting? Did you start late? Was it? Was I did. So when I was, uh, my dad, he didn't grow up a hunter. And uh, when he married my mom, my mom's uh, dad, Josh Leprey, he was a massive hunter. You know, they used to call him a grouse king in his town, like was a huge upland bird hunter. Um, and they, you know, obviously hunted whitetails and all that stuff. So he was a big hunter. Well, my dad, through his business, had made some friends and on the weekends they would go and shoot pheasants. Now we didn't have pheasants in, in PA, but we had grouse and woodcock. So what they would do is they would release, say, a dozen birds, and then we would go hunt them over bird dogs and then make our way through the timber, maybe find a grouse or two and some woodcock. So when they asked my dad to go hunting, he's like, well, I don't really, I don't hunt. And they're like, well, just come with us, you know. And when my grandpa heard that they were asking him, he said, man, next time they, they do that, let's, let's go, you know. So my dad bought himself a shotgun and and they started going, and I was five years old, and the first time they took me, they said I was just hooked. I mean, you know, just being out there, I could even remember as a kid, just watching the dogs work, you know, being with my dad and his friends, my grandpa, and uh, being a part of that atmosphere of getting together on Saturday, going to the diner, everything about it, I was just hooked on it, and I couldn't wait to go. So whether we had, you know, good temps and nice weather or a foot of snow out there, my dad said at five years old, you know, I had my little Orvis cap gun that they had got me busting caps at everything that took flight and you know walking all over the place with them and honestly it's some of my greatest memories and really got me hooked at a young age so you know started at at, at five walking around in Pennsylvania we couldn't hunt until we were 12 legally so took my hunter safety course but all the way up until I was 12 you know I was out there at my grandpa and he'd deer hunt and 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 uh really just loving the woods you know me and my buddies hunting with our pellet guns all around town yeah. you know what I mean so I was hooked at five years old and, and been hooked ever since. That's awesome. That's yeah. an awesome story. What uh, How old were you when you got your first whitetail? So I was 12 years old. It was my first year. And I, I can remember this to this day, you know, one of the biggest things that I'd always like to do as tradition is have those coconut cream pies, those tasty cakes. So at 12 years old, I'm sitting there at the base of the tree with my grandpa and I had already had mine gone by about nine. And it's a nice little uh, spike basically with, with a little extra kicker on the one side, you know, so he's a three-pointer came up. Uh, chasing some does and I had a peep sight 35 Remington and I remember I fired that first shot and he never even moved he just stood there so I racked another shell and shot and dropped him in his tracks and 
I could still remember absolutely losing my mind and my grandpa yelling at me in the woods like, you have got to come. I was like going nuts, you know, and, uh, you know, just sharing that moment with him. I know, you know, he's watching down from the best seat in the house now up in, in heaven, but you know, I could still remember that moment with him and, you know, I'd give anything to have that moment back. Yeah. That first buck, yeah. even just first whitetail, it's like just something I know I'll never forget mine. And, and I think most, most all hunters are never going to forget the first yeah. deer they take. So that's pretty awesome. Um, how'd you get into the industry itself? So growing up, I always, I, I mean, I guess I never grew up saying, well, I want to have a TV show or I want to, you know, host a television show on the Outdoor Channel. I, I just knew I'd like to make a living somehow in the hunting business, but didn't know how that would be a reality, you know. Uh, so went to college. My parents like, you do whatever you want. Just you got to get a college degree. So I actually went and got an education degree with a minor in telecommunications. So uh, right out of college, I was pro staffing for a company called Top Calls, a, a call company out of Renovo, PA, Frank Sutliff and Russ Wagner and the guys. And I'd be calling competitively and started doing pretty good in some competitions and winning some competitions, some, you know, smaller competitions. And along the way, I was working at Gander Mountain and tried to reach out to Matt Moret a few times from Hunter Specialties at the time to come up and do a seminar there. Uh, I thought it'd be cool for the community to have him come in as a huge turkey guy. I was a big fan as well. And, you know, finally tracked him down and, and we got to be friends and they flew me out to Cedar Rapids. You know, he's like, what do you think about running on camera? I was like, you know, I'd love to learn. Ended up going to Cedar Rapids and uh, went with Rick White and trained under him for a little bit as far as running a video camera and what they do and time coding. You know, there was tapes at that time and yeah. all the different things, you know. So you don't have the easy cards that you have now. So anyways, uh, started doing that and filmed with those guys for several years and was some awesome times. You know, had some great hunts and burned some amazing footage and um, actually met Randy Birdsong at the, I was at the HS booth and he was working for Whitetail Freaks at the time and we met at the Harrisburg Outdoor Show you know I was running a turkey call and he came by and popped off something smart you know and I was like so I ran something back at him and we just became buddies and started hanging out at the trade shows and he had this idea for Headhunters TV and originally was supposed to start out as a producer on it and you know he said what do you think about you know being a character on the show or if we introduce you as you know a character I said hey it's your deal, you know, whatever you guys want to do. And, you know, 14 years later, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I crazy. never knew that you yeah. uh, that you were a camera guy. I never yeah. knew that. Yeah, I ran camera. And I called a little bit competitively, too, for HS. Won uh, the Harrisburg uh, show calling competition down there with them. And uh, But, yeah, I, I filmed for about two, two and a half years. Now, did you start with the DV cam or the beta cam? This it was, uh, no, age, no, right? yeah, it was the uh, Canon, the XHA1. Okay. Yeah, it was That's the XHA1. Awesome. That's yeah, I didn't have the ones you you know that some guys had the ones that you know you needed a wheelbarrow to carry those things around. Yeah. That XHJ one was a nice size camera, okay, you know, yeah. it, but it's still tape and stuff. You'd have to go back and time code all of it. It was it was it was a little bit of a pain compared to today's cameras. You know, I hear the beta cams coming back. And those oh, cameras gosh. are so really no. I'm just <laughs> I was gonna say those producers are gonna go run it. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with what I've got yeah. now for sure. Um, so, so being around you, and I know just seeing you on TV and other things, I've noticed that uh, you like to pick a guitar sometimes. Oh, yeah. And, and you love your music. Love How, it. What, what, what started that part of your life? Man, music has uh, been an in insane blessing in my life and really came through tragedy. Um, and, and I always say, like, music found me at the hardest part of my life. You know, when I was in my, 20, my early 20s, I was in college, and three days into a, our winter break, my first winter break as a freshman, me and my buddies were going deer hunting. And my one friend hit ice, he lost control of his truck, and we hit a tree. And 
knew there was something really wrong with my neck at the scene and, you know, never felt any tingling or numbness or anything like that, but knew something was very wrong. And they got me on a stretcher carefully, got me to the hospital. And this one doctor just would not stop looking at me. Like he could tell, like something was not right. And my family's in there and I was coherent. I mean, I didn't have any tingling, numbness. I, at that time I was, I was fogged from the hit. I had a concussion from the hit, but I, I was basically coming to, and I was like, other than like my neck and my chest, I feel great. Like I think I have bad whiplash. Well, finally, he's like, all your family, you know, has to leave except for your mom and dad. And, you know, kind of explained, he said, Nate, you know, to basically put it in your words, it's, it's almost as if your head has fallen off. You have what's called a type 2 odontoid fracture. And what that means was my odontoid, or my, my C1 had shifted. And, and I basically, it's a very, I don't want to mess this up because I'm not a medical professional by any means, but it's like, it's, it's a severely unstable fracture right in your neck and and basically what he said there is nothing we can do for you here like we won't touch you here we have your film sent to Hershey New York Philadelphia and we're waiting on response so by the grace of God we got a response from Philly they take me a doctor by the name of Alexander Vaccaro one of the greatest neurosurgeons in the country they they life flighted me to Philadelphia and they went in and they started to this the surgery and the, the whole first night I could be under no anesthesia um, because they had to put my head basically back in place before they ran, uh, put me in a halo. So I had to be able to tell them if I started to feel numbness or tingling. I needed to be coherent to what was going on. So long story short, I go through this and I end up in this halo. And, and again, by God's grace, I'm given a second chance. I never once feel tingling and, you know, but it's a long road to recover. You know, they did bone graft out of my hip. So I have these big incisions in my neck. They have four screws, two rods they put in my neck and I'm in a halo. So I get back home and I'm like, well, I've never really played video games or Madden or anything like that, but I, I'll try it now because I can't leave the house. Not only because of the halo, but the incisions and I look rough. You know, I mean, I look rough at this point. And, uh, but after a little while, I was just bored with it. And, you know, I was, I was like, I'm going to learn how to play guitar. My parents at that point, you know, they're like, whatever you want. You know what I mean? Because I mean, you know, things are a little bit tough for me at the moment. So they get me a guitar and you know, I tried it for about 30 seconds and I'm like, well, that dream's over. You know, like I can never, you know, that dream's over and done with. I'll never learn this thing. And uh, so I kind of put it up and I was blessed to grow up with three younger sisters, my sister Marla, uh, Molly and Emily. So one day my sister Marla, she was playing, uh, she grabbed the guitar and she played the beginning of Credence down on the corner, the bound, 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 bound. And I mean, it wasn't good, but I mean, I could at least know what she was playing. And I'm like, I don't even know the people I'm living in this house with. I'm like, how do you know how to play guitar? And she's like, oh, my buddy Tommy taught me, you know? So I'm like, man, it's unbelievable, you know? So unfortunately, that was in December, you know, she, and, the, and this was unfortunately the day before, but in August of that same year, I'm still healing, I'm out of the halo, I'm in a, at the time I was running bone stimulators on my neck. My mom and my grandma went to pick my sister up from work, and on the way back, a guy blew a stop sign in our town with a box truck carrying a french fry trailer. And I mean, just total the car, you know, I mean, just absolutely crushed the car. And, you know, unfortunately she was killed. So it was a tough year because not only, you know, was she killed, but my mom was like, I mean, she was so injured in this wreck. I mean, just devastated. My grandma's hurt. You know, we're trying to be strong for our family. You know, I'm trying to be strong for my two younger sisters and, and it's just this whirlwind for my dad for, you know, as a, as a parent, there's nothing worse in life than to lose a child. So like, you know, I'm going through all these emotions and I can remember 
you know, I don't know if it was probably, probably a couple months after, you know, one day I was just like, you know, giving it all to God and, and trying to, to get it off my chest because, I, you know, as I think all of us guys and, and people in general, you know, you try to handle all this stuff sometimes all on your own, you know. And uh, finally, I just kind of gave it to God and, and it was like, you know, I give up. Like, it's you. It's yours. You know, I, I can't. I need a, a, an outlet, you know, for me. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate at the time, you know, my girlfriend is now my wife. I mean, <clears throat> you know, she's always been just my absolute strength and, and she was with me through it. So one day I'm just looking at that guitar, you know, like that I had gotten, I could like, I could see my sister, you know, I could see Marla, I could, I could remember it, I could hear her and I was like, you know, let's give it a try. Let's, let's learn it, you know what I mean? Let's play it because mm -hmm. I could see her there, I could feel her there, you know? So I start trying, you know, I start looking on, you know, videos and YouTubes and I'm talking to buddies who play and next thing you know, like I'm in college and at the time I was roofing with uh, my neighbor before I was hurt and I knew for sure I didn't want to be a, a roofer. <laughs> so I was like, you know, in college, guitar seems to be a cool thing, you know, right. so I'm like, I gotta learn how to play. Well, I end up in this big cover band and, and, you know, other than in the shower or anything like that, I was like, I'm not a singer, so I never thought I was going to be a singer. So I'm like, we got to bring a show. Like, we got to entertain these people. So next thing you know, we have this massive cover band back home. And I mean, we're playing all these shows. And, you know, there was one night we Dennis Rodman's on stage with us. And we're playing Better Man. I sang Better Man with Dennis Rodman, which oh, was wow. one, still one of the weirdest moments of my yeah, life. It but was. Crazy. Like, how do you sing Better Man with Dennis Rodman? You know what I mean? And so we go through all this stuff. And, and through Headhunters and all this stuff, you know, next thing you know, I'm out in Nashville. And... and a great friend of mine, Joey Lee, had brought me out there with William Morris and introduced me to Rhett. And next thing you know, like, here we are all these years later and like, shoot, between the amount of acts, I mean, you know, Buckmasters one time with Travis Tritt, you know. Right, and, right. I mean, Nugent and Riley Green, Tyler Farr, Brantley Gilbert, you know, Luke Bryan at the ATA show. Like, I have opened and stood on stages in places I could have never dreamed of. Right. Like, Never. And through the music, you know, through playing at churches, through playing at these big concerts and thousands of people and, you know, in impacting them through the music that you wrote that you never expected to. And it's like, I can't help but sit here and think that, you know, in the worst time of my life, I just found something that was supposed to happen, you know, and, and, and through the grace of God and music and, you know, obviously first, you know, God first and my family and my friends, but music has been an incredible outlet for me. Like the woods is, you know, for all mm -hmm. of us. I think it's the woods is such a place of peace right. and such a place for hunters. Like people who don't hunt don't realize. They think, well, you just go out and shoot a deer. There's mm -hmm. so much more just sitting in the woods appreciating God's creation. And, you know, but music like that and, you know, like my faith, like my family and friends has been a major outlet for me in my life. Right, right. That's, that's, just, that's a great story. Great yeah. story. Now. Thank you. Um, and, and when it comes to your music, you write. Most of your stuff, I mean, yeah. your original stuff, you, you write. Yeah, it, you most know. of it. Now, I have, uh, I've had the opportunity, like an insane blessing, to go out there. Uh, no different than this, at this camp, our buddy Randy Montana's here, who's had countless number ones. You know, "Beer Never Broke My Heart" by Luke Combs was uh, is just a massive hit. He's had so many other hits, and is probably one of the most genuine people you could ever meet who loves to hunt. Mm -hmm. And we become friends. Or Red Akins, Ray Falter, Adam Sanders, Dan Isbell, like you know, Jonathan Singleton. And, uh, you know, there's just so many people that I have had the opportunity in that town to write with and become friends with through hunting, right? So we write hunting songs that people can crank up when they head to the woods. It's called The Woods Project, in addition to always, ha you know, also having mainstream stuff. And uh, 
so I've I've wrote a lot of mine on my own, but I have wrote several as well with some buddies okay. uh, who like to to hunt as well out of Nashville. Right, and it was neat last night in camp. Like you said, we've got Randy Montana, and he started singing some of the songs that he had written, and I was familiar with him as far as some of the songs he'd written. But when he started singing, and he, he there was the one the uh, Parker McCollum song. I'm yeah. like, oh my god, I love that song. Yeah, like, exactly. Listen, look, yeah, looking it's at crazy. Him, like, you wrote that song. Yeah. Like that's one of my favorite songs. Or was at the time. Yeah, and it's, it's, like, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's he so, is, he's he, awesome. Well, it's neat to put a face like like I think when a lot of people they hear a song, they they think of let's say it's a Luke Combs song. They think of Luke Combs, mm -hmm. but you never really think about. Who actually wrote that song? Yeah, who that wrote song? that song? Yeah, the so, writers, the guys so, behind the scenes. Yeah. So That's to put exactly a face right. with the guy that actually wrote it, that was pretty. Yeah, that was just that was a neat moment for me personally. Um, well, you're a hunter, you're a musician. I know you're a lot of other things, but what's what's your plans for the future? You're gonna music hunting. I mean, what 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 do you see? As you know, I, it's it's crazy. You know, I think like back in my twenties, if I was playing the music I, I play now and doing the things I do now, I'd have a different vision. But you know. Here, as I get, you know, later in my 30s and, and uh, I'm beyond blessed with my two sons and my wife, Tiffany, at home, it's like, you know, my time is my money, the way I look at it. You know, when you go through a year like I went through with my neck and thankful to be walking and thankful to be alive, really, and then you, you lose, you, you have such a tragic loss, I think you, you understand the value of your time, right? And you understand how time is the greatest gift to all of us, right? And, and you know, you get caught up in the hustle and bustle sometimes of life and, you know, you got to succeed and you got to, you know, and, I, and to me, success is peace of mind. So I think with the future, number one, I want to be the greatest Christian I could be, the greatest husband, the greatest dad. And really, when it comes to hunting and music and everything else I do, I just want to bring, you know, I just want to be a beacon of good for people. I just want to be a beacon of like, hey, you know what? Sometimes you get knocked down you just got to get back up, you know, and let's be positive. Let's be thankful for each other. You know, when, with headhunters, it's like early on, it was funny. And, 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 you know, actually a lot of people don't know this. Uh, I did it on the be real thing with Realtree, but uh, people will see the face paint I use. And, you know, early on in my career it was like, Oh, it was a bullseye, you know, like who does this guy think he is kiss or this guy's a joke. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, when you watch the show, like I'm not a villain. Right. And, and what it actually represents and, and, I kept it for a long time because I never really wanted anybody to feel bad about making fun of it because I actually love it. Like, I actually think it's hilarious some of the things people say. And as a mutual friend of ours, Philip Culpepper, you know, he hates face paint. So it's like, even if I wanted to stop, I will paint till I'm 100 just to aggravate him. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, now it's a personal thing, but it, it started out originally as the letter, you know, it comes down my nose and, and then there's like wings and people think, what is it, kiss or... You know, I haven't been the first one to do it by any means. Like Ray Lewis used to do things like that. There's a million people have done it. But it's just supposed to mimic the letter M on my face. Okay. And her name was Marla. Gotcha. So like, it's been funny because now over the years, kids, women, men, like they've gone as Halloween as me. And like, and it's, it's become just fun and that's all it's supposed to be is fun you know what i mean it's just a it's just a way you know it's it's created i guess a little bit of an identity with it but at the same time it's 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 been in good fun and i mean shoot if if you're out there and inspiring somebody to want to go out and and share the outdoors and you know what i'll paint up all you want me to paint up if it if it makes you feel like you want to be a part of all that we're blessed to to be a part of you know so that's going forward i just want to be a beacon of good and and you know, thank Jesus for a second chance and, and, and be the best I could be in all aspects of my life. So are we 
kind of assuming maybe you can come out with a Nate Hosey special face paint. You know, yeah, that's or, right. Yeah. I need my own, my own face paint line, you know, you know one of those ones maybe they just like stick on their face. Have your you own know? brand like Avon. That's you know, right. Avon exactly. Brand of, yeah. Uh, face paint. And that's stuff. what I'll do. You know, get Jackie behind it, you know, Jackie to fund it. Of course. I would love to see him with some face paint. Yeah. Like, he I mean, needs, you need to you know? do that one day. Yeah. yeah we'll tell yeah. Buck, I'll, I'll get the Buckmaster painted up. Well, behind every good man, as the saying goes, there's a good woman. Yeah. So I know myself personally traveling a lot and for the years that I've done it, that family's a big thing. And it's like, if you don't have God, if you don't have family, what do you have? So obviously your family really, really supports you with what you do. hundred percent. Like, and, and I said it earlier, like when I tell you, like, I could not, I could never like, I couldn't find the words to express the love that I have for my wife. Like, you know, the respect, the appreciation, like everything about her, like she is perfection to me. And, and like I said, even, even before we were married or anything like that, you know, the toughest times of my life when, you know, I'm in the darkest parts of my life, like she, she has always been my light, you know what I mean? And like, it's just like, when, when I when I think of how blessed I am to have her support, and now, you know, years later, Jesus has blessed us with our two boys, with Cruz and Nash. Like, I love her more now than I ever could have seen her be a mom, you know, to Cruz and Nash. And like I said, I just can't say enough about her. And, and with what we do, you know, it, it's tough sometimes because, you know, you're on the road and you're, you're chasing, you know, you're chasing the rut or chasing whatever it is. And there's only so much time within hunting seasons that you can get uh, done what you need to as far as your, your obligation goes. But... You know, I think at the same time, it's a, it's a, it's a great way, you know, to remind each other of the appreciation of the time, and 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 also to people who watch the show to understand. I mean, I'm a big fan of like, dudes, listen, if you're married out there, you know, if you have kids, there is nothing cooler you can do than love your family, right. and you know, to love your, you know, your your kids and and your wife, and and let them see that. And I mean, you know, I look at success as them. You know, like, I don't. I don't see success as being, well, Nate, Nate's on a hunting show or Nate plays music. Of course, I'm thankful for that. And of course, I, to an extent, yes, it's success. But my greatest success, my greatest achievements, my greatest blessings are them. You know, it's, it's Tiffany. It's my boys. It's, you know, nothing, nothing is, you know, is, is more important in my life than them, period. Right. You know right. what I mean? Or time with them. It's happiness. It's, yeah, it's that's like, it. It's almost like success is happiness, the happiness of your life. How happy are you? Because I know a lot of people, they live a miserable life. Yeah. They may have all the money in the world, but they live a miserable life. That's right. So it's like, what's truly in your heart, what makes you happy, that's a happy life. Yeah, like seeing her smile, seeing my boy smile, I mean, that is my happiness, period. Like, as long as I know they're happy, I'm happy. You're right. You know what I mean? Yep. And and like I said, her support is, as we all know, us dudes that are out here chasing, I mean, you know, the, the appreciation for the support she gives me. I mean, we've never had a crossword once about anything, you know what I mean? And, and she's got every reason in the world as she's there, you know, day in, day out, being a mom, being a, a school teacher, you know, doing all the things she does in a day. You know, meanwhile, you know, I'm out here, maybe I'm like, oh, I'm playing music with uh, Randy Montana or whoever <laughs> it might be. You know, she has every reason to be like, yeah, well, call me in two days when I'm you know, not, but she never once. I mean, she is like I said. I, I could never say enough about her. Mm-hmm. I really couldn't. And that's good. That, that's what that's what that's what you need to to really be successful, especially in a business like this. Yeah, no that's, doubt. So that's awesome. Um, one other thing before you go. Last night you did a couple songs for us. Yeah. I happened to video one of them. I just want to play it real quick. Uh, it's the uh, the man cave song. Yeah. And you could just. 
I'm gonna play it and then I'm gonna let you just give me a, just a quick history of yeah. what made you write the song. So. No problem. Sitting 20 feet high, she finally gave it a try. I look in her eyes, baby, I just might like it. A good ain't slip by because the only thing in my sights was you looking so good out in these woods, baby. You got me sure making this man Slow day, spin rain, baby, you look at that one. making this man cane. Making this man cane. A little after now, she calls a quick time. Just take it back to the truck and Great song. Great Thanks, song. Yeah. It's uh so that song is pretty cool. And within the Woods project, we've we've put out several volumes now, which they're available on all streaming platforms, uh, iTunes, Spotify, all those. And we really just put them out as songs you can crank up when you head to the woods. So we've got songs that are, you know, kind of ACDC feel that's rocking. We've got those ones that hit to the core of us, like Why I Hunt, Box Blind are really down the pipe of why we do this outside of punching a tag. Um, I got a, a song called Gum Dogs about my bird dog and a lot of ways that I feel like we connect um, through you know people who love to hunt in the outdoors like we do. But that song was actually, the idea came from our producer, Scuba, Stephen Phillips, his wife. She uh, was a big songwriter in Nashville and is still involved heavy in the music business out there. And one day she said, I want to write on the Woods Project, you know, because I had been right with Randy and all these guys, and uh, she's like, I want to write one. I got an idea. And I was like, all right, well, hit me with it. So we had just finished recording volume one of The Woods, and she's like, I want a song. I want to write a song called Man Cave. So, of course, you know, right off the bat, I'm thinking like, you know, deer mounts and, you know, different things, like all the things that are in a man cave. And she's like, but the idea is that you're caving for her. And I was like, man, that's a that's actually a really cool take. Like, you know, the idea that, you know, you're making this man cave, like a woman, shoot me a look when we ain't shooting nothing. And it's, it's, it's basically about, like, even my wife, for example, she never hunted growing up, and now she hunts with me all the time. We do date nights to go hunting and, and share that, you know, she shares 
the passion with me just to just probably more or less just to be with me, mm-hmm. you know, which is, you know, not that she doesn't love it, but I know why she's really doing it and it's to be out there with me. And, and I appreciate that, but she's, she's lethal. I mean, she is lethal. She's shot some amazing bucks and turkeys all over the place, but, um, you know, for her, you know, it's shoot me a look when we ain't shooting nothing. It's a slow day, spitting rain, but baby, you looking this way is making this man cave. Right. And, you know, the idea of just like for all of us, I mean, I think that like no different than yourself or, or guys like me. I mean, you know, when it comes to Tiffany, I mean, you know, she's the only doll in that food plot. You know what I mean? Like she makes this man cave all the time, you know, so well, what's it, interesting, it, was a cool, uh, it was a cool take on that that song. Well, the, the take, I just want to fix to say is what's interesting about the song is, is if I just saw the title Man Cave. Yeah. I'm probably going to think I'm going to have some hardcore country, you know, yeah, fast yeah, no speed or Motley Crue sound yeah. to it, you know. But to hear your take on it, I really like that. I really like that. It's yeah, like, I thought it was like a you cool. You really hit your lyrics and everything. You really hit what the Man Cave is truly about. Yeah, there's so. no doubt. And I, I, like I said, it, it really was her idea on that. And I loved it. I, I loved the idea because even on the recording of it, like especially on a live show or things like that, it's just got such a nice... A nice feel to it. The song is recorded great. Uh, my producer Rob Bias did a great job on it. And like for girls who love to hunt or, or love to support their their fella out there hunting, like the song is for them. And and you know and and really to show our appreciation for you know for what they do to us was basically make all us men cave. You know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. so I really was uh, pumped with the way that one came out for sure. That's good. Well, Nate, I appreciate you being here with us on the podcast. Before we go. Give me all your social media stuff, your headhunters, yep. where everybody can find you at. So headhunters TV, you know, on on Facebook, on Instagram, we have a new YouTube channel, headhunters uh, underscore TV. Then we have uh, headhunters TV on the outdoor channel. Obviously, you know, we the Raven Project is on Waypoint. King of the Raven is on outdoor channel as well. All my personal accounts are just Nate Hosey. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. All that stuff. So, you know, anybody who's listening, love to be friends. And um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you, you know, your friendship and mm-hmm. Jackie's friendship and, and everybody at Buckmasters. You know, I'm, I've been one of your guys' number one fans for a long time and, and, and very proud to call you friends. And, and for any kind of music, is it Nate Hosey? Just yeah, iTunes just Nate Hosey, or? just under my name. And for those mm-hmm. of you, you know, that may want a Nate Hosey, Jackie Bushman duet, um, <laughs> maybe it's something that comes along <laughs> in the future. You know what I mean? All right, one last question. Were you a Shotgun Red fan? Like, are you part of the Shotgun Red doll? You know, did you want the doll back when we had Shotgun Red? On oh, yeah. That, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it, it, <laughs> I guess that was a hard one to say. I don't know. You know, It's been a while since I've heard that brought up, to be honest with you. <laughs> hey, Jackie. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Nate, again, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Uh, good luck to the rest of your hunt. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you on the road somewhere. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for your time. Uh, yeah, thanks, Nate. You bet.